Welcome to another episode of the Conversation with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampin. Uh, my guest today is a fellow podcaster. Um, I met this brother on social media and I enjoy his podcast as well. His name is Slim. Thanks for joining me. Oh, no. Nah, thank you for having me, dog. Yeah, I've been, man, we've been talking about doing this for a long time and I really appreciate you changing up your schedule so we can get this done. Oh, no, nah, it's no problem at all, man. I love podcasting, so it's nothing for me. Yeah, <laughs> same here. So the first question I wanted to ask, what, what inspired you to start your podcast? Uh man, I um I've been listening to a couple podcasts for years and I just always thought it was interesting the different takes they had and I knew I always had different takes just having different conversations with different people and I was like, you know, one day I'm going to start a podcast and then one day I took a trip with a couple of my uh friends and one of them was like, yeah man, I want to start a podcast one day and I was like, you know what, we should do it together. So when we got back to Georgia, we went ahead and put it in motion. We started a podcast called The Habitual Offenders. Hmm. So, well, on your podcast, because that was that was your first one, but I'm I got familiar with you with sit downs with Slip. Do you remember who your first guest was? Uh, my first guest on sit downs with Slim was a guy named John Blue. I started so I started my own podcast, uh, which is Sit Downs with Slim in January. We started Bitchful Finish probably like September of last year. I started uh, Sit Downs with Slim because I was doing podcasts with other people and I didn't want to join them on to what me and him both had. So I started my own separate one. First guest I had was a guy named John Blue. Um, we had been out uh, watching football and drinking all day. And he, he also wanted to start a podcast. He wanted to start a, a, a sports podcast. And um, he was like, man, we should record a podcast tonight. I was like, all right, cool. Um, I went, I set up at one of my friend's house and uh, we recorded. It was called The State of America with John Blue. And I hated the podcast. I mean, I hated it with a passion. <laughs> Couldn't stand that episode, but I played it for a couple people and everybody was like, man, this right here is podcast gold. This is what you gotta have. You can't have people that just agree with you and that think like you. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna put it out. So I just put it out. I had just launched my podcast. I just put it out as the first episode and people ate it up, man. They loved it. Well, why did you hate it? Um, it's just some of the stuff we was talking about. I just was like, man, this is just too crazy for me. And like, it was all <laughs> over the place. And I'll ask him something and he'll have this crazy conspiracy theory about the government coming to kill him. Like he'll answer a question, but then he'll be like, nah, man, I can't, I can't go too deep into that. Cause the government might come kill me. Man. Like, <laughs> he, it, it just seemed like he was so paranoid and acting crazy. And I was like, and I don't like recording people when they drunk. <laughs> oh, you know what? So it's funny you mentioned that. I've never done one drunk, but I did do one with my buddy. You know, he had just finished smoking. It came out good though. It came out good. Like, I don't know if it's the difference between drinking and smoking. I, Cause I don't do either one. So, yeah, I drink, I don't smoke, but uh, I I want to say I probably recorded about 10 podcasts extremely drunk and probably every last one of them except for one was horrible. Yeah, see, I, now, uh, now I put it like this. I don't want to be, I know I wouldn't want to be either one. Even though I don't drink or smoke, I know for a fact I wouldn't want to be either one because it's, it's kind of, it's hard enough just kind of keeping the conversation flowing with a sober mind, so I couldn't imagine trying to do it with a with a drunk one. <laughs> yeah, and then like 
I don't know. I have to be on my P's and Q's if the uh if the conversation is important. So I'd rather not be I'd rather not be drunk. Yeah. So is that that first one you mentioned, the first podcast that you start, is that one still going or did you guys scrap it? What y'all do with it? Nah, uh, we actually scrapped it. Um I don't even really know why we scrapped it. We we really just stopped doing it. And when I started doing mines, I just kept going with mines. I actually started mines before we ended up scrapping it. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. So I noticed I, after listening to a couple of your episodes, I noticed that you said you grew up in the military um, home. How did that influence your perspective in life? Um, I think that's what actually gave me a different way of thinking because most of the people that I grew up around in the city that I live in now, they never really left this city too much. And when they have, it was just to visit places. Me growing up uh, as a as a military brat, I seen I seen a lot of different places in, in this country and places outside of this country. So it just gives me a totally different perspective. So that's why when I talk to different people, I know exactly why they're thinking like that because it's like, it's kind of like, I, I don't want to say closed-minded, but in a sense, they are kind of closed-minded because they just haven't seen much. And that's why so I feel like I'll be perfect to do a, a, a podcast. So where were some of the places that, uh, that was that was outside of America? Where were some of those places? Um, I lived in Germany. Uh, so this is how it went. I want to say um, from 94, I moved to uh, Fort Gordon, Georgia. So I was four. And then 97, we moved to Germany. So from 97 to 2003, we stayed in Germany. Then from 2003, probably all the way up to like 2007, I stayed in Evans, Georgia. Okay. How was Germany? Oh, Germany was lovely. I didn't even want to leave. And that's why I tell people all the time, I feel like I have like these weird little uh detachment issues <laughs> because growing up in the military you know um you don't really like stay around the same people all the time like I actually remember when I was in like sixth grade I had this best friend and when he moved I was crying like a little baby but after that I kind of didn't want to get attached to people because I was so used to moving around everywhere especially people moving around me because well in Germany, we really stayed there a long time. I only had like four or five friends that was there as long as us or longer than us. And they all was German, but everybody else was just in and out. They'll come to Germany like two years, they'll be gone. Well, how long did y'all stay? We stayed for six years. Damn. Yeah, we was there for six years and I loved every bit of it. How old were you? Um, We got there in 97, so I was seven, all the way up to right after my 13th birthday. I think we moved on my 13th birthday. Wow. Man, that's crazy. Yes. Man, your your podcast is like one of the more interesting ones, and I always like to hear people's perspective and how they, you know, what they're going through in their journey. But you said something that was really striking to me, and it's really, it was really striking me because of your age. You on one of your podcasts, you mentioned that you don't want to have kids. How'd you get to that decision? Oh, um, so as far as that goes, that's another thing about the detachment thing. Um, so growing up, of course, I dealt with a lot of girls or whatever, but I didn't have too many girlfriends, and all the girlfriends that I did have. I didn't really care when we broke up. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but I've never really been attached to women like that. Like I'll meet a woman and I honestly, like I have this different 
this whole different perspective, like when it comes to my interactions with women, it's one of them things where it's just like, okay, I deal with you. I like you, but I don't like you. Like I want to be with you and you're the only one I want to be with. I like you like, you know, like you're cool. Like we can kick it or whatever. So as I got older, that just kept happening. And people were like, oh, no, nah, you're going to grow out of it. I had girlfriends. I probably had like two or three of them, but I didn't really care. Like we broke up and I just was like, eh, whatever. And I just, I don't know. It's just not one of them things that, that ever interests me, especially when it came to children. Then as I got older and like, you know, things started coming together, my life started getting better. Uh, I started doing different things. Kids was just never on my radar. It's literally nothing I ever thought about. Then on top of that, I'm like 100% against marriage. So whoa, whoa! <laughs> yeah, like one hundred percent. Why? As far as contractual marriage goes, I just do not believe in contractual marriage. Like, um, I feel like I feel like it's basically just a big system. And me as a businessman, I've never went into a business arrangement where I felt like I wasn't getting nothing out of it. And I feel like marriage is one of those business arrangements that you don't get anything out of it. You wait a minute. So you don't feel like you get anything out of marriage? Nah, as far as contractual marriage goes, like I feel like two people can be together with each other forever and they don't have to sign any pieces of paper. Like as far as the pieces of paper goes, that's for that's for other people. Oh, like, of course, don't get me wrong. There is certain situations where, you know, being married does make things easier. And I understand that. But as far as me and my lifestyle, I don't really agree with that. So. Okay, because I, I, I that that piqued my head. So okay, now me and my wife we've been married sixteen years. Mm-hmm. Now we've grown over those years, but we've getting we're getting to a point. I mean, we've always had conversations, but I think as you get older and you mature, the conversations get better. So we always talk about building, and I don't really know if you can build with a person you're not married to. Now, again, it could be because I've been married so long, but I don't know if I want to build with a woman. Like, you said you don't want kids, so it's kind of, that I'm kind of walking a slippery slope, but I have a daughter. And one thing I don't want my daughter to think is, it's okay for her to be with a man that doesn't love her enough to marry. Like, I think if you love a woman enough, you should go ahead and, get, you know, marry her. You have your last name, and you you know you start building together, you know to carry on the name. That's how I feel about it. I mean, I feel that, and as far as marriage goes, I feel like different people have different beliefs. So I completely understand why you believe that. But for me personally, I think that's a real old fashioned conservative belief. No disrespect or nothing. That's just my no, 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 no. I mean, that this that's why we had a conversation. It's interesting because. It's not. It's not. It's not a good conversation if me and you had the same perspective. So I, I like yeah. that you feel this way, but the, it was just the kids' part. So I mean, so the so not one kids more is because of your lifestyles or because of the the, the marriage thing. Which one is? Um, honestly, um, kids is just something I never thought of. Like it's it, it never was something I was interested in. Like, uh, you know how when you're growing up. Your first kid, I mean, excuse me, your, your your friend has has the first kid out of your group of friends very young and everyone's like, dang, it's you know, it might be kind of cool to have a kid. I probably was the only one in my group of friends that just was looking at that like, man, that looks like that looks like hell to me. You know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> like it's like we're 17 years old. We're all about to go out, and he's sitting around holding a baby. Like man, y'all boys have fun. Oh whoa whoa, whoa. Boys 17. Yeah yeah yeah. Seventeen, bro. Seventeen. That's a. I mean, I mean. I mean, even older than that, like as I got older, like when we was 20 and are 21 in college and, you know, the people that had kids and was living with women and stuff, we will go somewhere for spring break or something. And they'll be like, man, I hope y'all have fun, man. Take some pictures or something, man. See, I like, think you want to live your life first. Well, OK, because see, because now now I think I can see where you why you got that that thought process, because you saw you saw people had kids when they were young, and they really, honestly, man, look, here's what I learned, and I, I don't want to send nobody, but this is the truth, like, in your in your teens, teens, you're definitely not ready to be a parent. Forget yeah, about it. Early definitely. 20s, early 20s, I don't even think you're ready. I didn't become a, I didn't become a father until I was 31, and I think that's the perfect age. I agree. Like, we, me and my wife, before we had, before we had our daughter, we had we had been married for like eight years. We had traveled, you know. We had done things together, and I think that was the next logical step for us to, to have a child. But when you start having kids like seventeen, like it, that, that's that's a burden because yeah. you you still figuring out life yourself. Like seventeen, eighteen, early twenty, like you don't even know life yourself, and now you expected to take care of a kid. Like, nah, that's it's too much. Yeah, and that's exactly how I feel. And even me now, at the age of 29, I don't feel like where I would want to be to have a kid. But at the same time, it's not actually something I think about. That's why I don't know if you can tell, but my thoughts about it is all over the place because I literally don't have any thoughts about it because it's not something I think about. So if you, if a, if a woman, you know, if a woman told you, "Hey, I'm pregnant," like what would your reaction be? Um, it depends. I don't know. It depends where I'm at and, and how I'm thinking. But if she popped up and was like she was pregnant, um, I mean, it just is what it is. Like, if it's my woman, of course, I'm like, you know, hey, that's what's up. It's just something I got to do. But if, if if it's, you know, somebody I just dealt with from time to time, hey, we're going to have to figure that out. I don't know if you watched that Dave Chappelle special, but uh, he had me rolling when he, said, <laughs> when he said, you know, I'm not for abortions. Unless it's me. <laughs> he had me rolling when he said that, because I said, that's how everybody is. Everybody's against abortion until it's their turn. Yeah, yeah. You, man, I, like, this is one, I just love, uh, I just love listening to your show, man, because you just got so many different perspectives, so many different things, like the things you'll say your friends mentioned to you, the, the Things they just the, the people they describe you as, and you said they your friends refer to you as a black Republican. <laughs> yeah, how that make you feel, man? All right, so most of the time with my show, it's not really so. This is how I centered my show. The last podcast I did, uh, I felt like we had we had time issues with me and the guy that did the podcast. So I said, you know what? Next podcast I do is just going to be me and how I'm going to do it is. And this is how I do it now. I literally come up with topics and off those topics that I have when I'm around my friends or when I'm out in public, if I see someone or talk to someone and we have a conversation on that topic and it, and it sounds like they're the perfect person for it, I just put them on the show. Well, lately I've been talking about politics a lot. 
And every time I talk about politics, I always take mental notes like, okay, I need to have that person on the show because they have a totally different perspective of me and I want people to see different perspectives uh, when it comes to politics. So I knew I was going to be someone that was kind of different because most people have this whole idea like uh, if you're black, you're a victim and you're going to, you know, you're going to always be down and it's always going to be the white man's fault. And I, I don't think like that. I've never thought like that. So I was like, and I actually have a friend that thinks just like I do. And he told me before, he was like, man, people been calling me an Uncle Tom all my life. He was like, watch, when you start spitting all these thoughts you've been telling me, people don't start calling you an Uncle Tom. They haven't, uh, they haven't called me Uncle Tom, but they called me a Black Republican. And how I feel about it, I don't really care because I know like most of them are ignorant. Like they think their way of thinking is the only way of thinking. They think if you're black, you're supposed to be like this super strong Democrat, which isn't true. I don't even understand how people are still strong Democrats in 2019. I don't get it at all. So it doesn't bother me. That listen, let me tell you something. That's the best statement you done. Democrats have done absolutely nothing for us. But you yeah, know what? I made a statement. So I made a statement. Uh, I think I made a statement yesterday, and I was like, "It's funny how how uh oh a uh, day before yesterday I did someone else podcast. I said it's funny how all these people have these daddy issues and they want to blame their daddies. I was like, but if they look back in history, they should blame Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blame blame Ronald Reagan. Blame yeah. all of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who who sent more people to jail than Clinton? Exactly, <laughs> but the thing is, like, this is why I like. Now I'm gonna be honest, like, about uh, let's see, like, like 2000, 2008, 2012, those Obama years. I'm not even gonna lie. I was only voting for the man because he was black. I'm just gonna keep it a whole hundred with you. Yeah, <laughs> really like most didn't people. know. Did really didn't know the issues. Didn't know what he stood for. I just knew he was a Democrat, he was black, that was enough for me. But now I'm getting older, my thoughts are my thoughts are evolving, I'm reading a little bit more. And this is the thing. How can we say that we have a fair political system when close to 90% of a race is voting one way? Yeah, exactly. And that's my whole thing about the black Republican thing. It's like how can I be a black Republican <laughs> when I'm like, if you listen to my thoughts, I'm always dead in the middle. Like, I don't agree with nobody that's far right. I don't agree with nobody that's far left. And if you, if, if, if your way of thinking is far left, I think you're ignorant. <laughs> you yeah. want me to come over there to the ignorant side with you? <laughs> it's, it's just like, like I said, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like how, like, I think the best thing we could do is a race. Is all of us just say the hell with it and withdraw from the Democratic Party. It would throw everything completely off. Everything. Yes, and it will open up people's even, mind, give them a different way of thinking. Right, because you don't even, first of all, you don't even give yourself, you're not even being fair to yourself by just saying, oh, I'm a Democrat. You're not researching the issue. Something like, then the Democrats, they're to the point they don't even try anymore. Like, I live in a Democratic state. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm so busy thinking I still live in Maryland. I don't live in Maryland anymore, but Maryland in Virginia, is Virginia, right? I live in Virginia. Yeah. Virginia is leaning more. Virginia is weird because the money is Virginia. So Virginia is really 
the Virginia probably is the most divided state in the country because you got Northern Virginia and you got Southern Virginia. Southern Virginia is heavily is heavily Republican. Northern Virginia is pretty heavy Democrat. But the the thing is, Northern Virginia is where the money is at, so they they're more powerful because they got more money. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They make more they make more decisions because they got the power. So it's just it's just like it's like you can't be you can't be. It's like some people like Maryland, I'm gonna go back to Maryland because Maryland is a Maryland is different. Like Maryland is a Democratic state, but they have a Republican governor right now. And I think he's gonna get reelected because he's not, he's a, he's, he, I guess they, they describe him as a fiscal Republican, but he's socially like a Democrat. Like, you know how Republicans, they wanna be all up on abortion. They don't want you to have abortions, gay rights, you know, they get all that stuff. Well, he's kind of like, I'm not gonna say he's against, but he's kind of like neutral. He's, he doesn't really get it. He's one of the dudes that stay out the way, basically. He just want to get the job done. And for and so with that approach, he's a Republican who manages to win a Democratic state. Which so I think as far is good. As, so let's switch over and go to the uh president uh the presidential race. Do you okay. think uh Trump is gonna get reelected? Man, I don't know. If you'd ask me. When you, if you'd asked me years ago, I would have said no. But the economy was doing good. But now they're talking about it could it could crash. Now if the economy crashed, he done. Yeah. <laughs> he done. I don't know so, if you've seen my episode called Black Republican, where I was speaking on how right now I feel like we probably do need Trump to win because strictly, um, I think I think the president is just the face of our country, like from a popular standpoint that's all the president does as far as everything else you know we got systems in place so the president isn't the end-all be-all checks and balances but um um all the democrats <laughs> that's up right now i don't know if you watch the democratic debate but i was Not just really. it looked like a circus <laughs> i was like what's going on here <laughs> and that's exactly why i don't watch it like i this is the thing i, I don't it's I mean, I'm like, listen, I don't want Trump to be the president. Like, I just don't. Like, I, I think he's divided the country. And I oh, just yeah, don't, don't get leader. me wrong now. Me saying, I, me saying we need him to win doesn't mean I like him. That does not mean I like him at all. I'm just saying, no, I know the person that's the best <laughs> that we have. And it's kind of like picking, it's, it, it's kind of like p- picking crap from crap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, see, this is the thing. I don't know if he's really the best. I don't know. Like, honestly, and again, it could be because I'm not, it, it, I'm not going to say it could be. It's because I'm not following, but I don't think, I don't think anybody has made me want to follow. Like, okay, for instance, in 2008 and 2012, granted, I'm not going to act like I didn't vote for Obama because he was black. That was my biggest reason. However, when he got in the White House, he did prove himself to be a leader. If nothing else, he was presidential and he was a leader. You can yes. never take that from him. So we don't have that right now. We don't have a leader. Like, we are a country that has no leadership and no guidance right now. <laughs> so 
from that aspect, he got to go. But the problem is the economy is doing good. And I'm not even going to lie. You can say what you want. That shit is a factor. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Listen, I don't care if you with the with the with the clan or whoever. If my money right, I might be willing to look past that because first of all, <laughs> you like we gotta we gotta we and you know our community gotta get to a point where we 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 tired of depending on people the politics and the government and all that. We gotta get past that. Like, and that's exactly I, I, that's exactly my viewpoint. Don't vote on parties. Vote on policies. Yes, I, man. Look, I, I asked my wife because me and her always have a lot. She's a little, let me tell you something off subject, but she is probably the most brilliant person I've ever met. And I'm not just saying that because she's my wife. She's just fucking brilliant. <laughs> so yes. we had these conversations, and I, I, I asked her. I was like, "Have you ever seen Asians excited about politics?" Mm, that's a good question. They're not, dude. I don't know if it's a lot of Asians in Georgia, but it's a lot of them here. They don't, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to say they don't care about politics, but they don't, they're not emotional about it. You're not going to know who they're voting for. Nothing. All they focus on is business. That's how we got to get. When you, yeah, when I agree. you get to a point where, where, where business is first, it don't matter who in there. <laughs> that's what we got to get to. Stop worrying about, oh, it's Trump. Trump at the end of the day, Trump ain't going to do shit to mess my life up anyway. I got to get out here and get it. You got to get out here and get it. It don't matter who in the White House or anywhere. And people are like, well, they make laws and they do this. Yeah, they do. But at the end of the day, you control your fate. You control your life. You better get out here and make moves, do what you're supposed to do. I ain't worried about no Trump. <laughs> Like if you win, he win. And, and I'm gonna that's good. Like whenever I talk politics, that's all I mean. I just I just want people to stop having to always have a super villain. They always have to have this magical white man in the sky that uh that's telling that that's holding them back from being great and being who they want to be. That's just crazy to me because like y'all ain't never seen Trump before in person, but Trump is holding you back. Trump ain't holding you back from nothing. <laughs> And he not even think like you so concerned about somebody who's not even thinking about you. Exactly. <laughs> Trump not thinking about you, like, man, get out, go to work. Like, Bill, that's what you're supposed to do. You got people, we got people out here. Man, this this, this is the one thing I love about this area, because I'm in the DMV. It is a bunch of brilliant people here. People doing business, making moves. We got to get behind them. That's what we're supposed to be doing, not focus on Oh, uh, what, what, what's 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 gonna be this vote? What's gonna be man? Fuck that vote! Exactly. <laughs> help, help, <laughs> man, go out here and, and you see somebody doing good, get behind them, keep building people up. That's what we gotta do. We gotta build our own stuff up. How's it that we in the, we in these areas? We we got our own communities and everybody running them, but us. Chinese restaurants, Chinese cleaners. Uh, Asian nail salons. All this stuff is in our neighborhood and we don't have none of them. But you can't go, when, when you see somebody, when you see a black business in Chinatown, that shit don't happen. <laughs> exactly. But we but we the only ones, we the only ones that it's happening to. And it's then, like, uh, 
as far as policies go, what's funny, me being in Georgia, I remember when uh when uh we were going for governor and you know everybody was trying to get behind Abrams because because she was black. And I was telling everyone like Y'all do know there's no way in hell she's going to win Georgia. And they were telling me like, oh, here you go with this, with this Republican stuff again. I said, no, it has nothing to do with, with Republicans or anything like that. It has something to do with us being in the South and her being yeah. against guns. That's it right there. Bro, I didn't even know. I didn't even think she was going to get that close. <laughs> no, me neither. Honestly, she got, she got real close. She shocked yeah. me because I didn't even think it was going to be close because I was like, hmm. Guns South? Oh hell no! <laughs> but I but but her having all the influential people in Atlanta really boosted that though. Yeah, because she had the whole city of Atlanta behind her neck, and and it don't matter what state you in. Like if you got if you got the money behind you, because Atlanta is the let's just, let's just be honest. I, I think right Atlanta. I'm not from Georgia, but from what I can see, Atlanta probably is the area with the most money. Correct? Yeah. Um, so, but I was looking at the results when it first happened in my area. In my area, she got 19% of the votes. Because <laughs> you in Augusta, right? Yeah, I'm in Augusta. Okay, yeah, yeah. What's the demographics like there? Um, we probably got a population of like 200,000 people. Um, I don't, I think, I think I'll say it's, it's, it's more so half and half. It's not really much in Augusta. I, uh, excuse me. It's not really much in Augusta, but the Masters. But hey. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I love Augusta, though. It's a you know a decent sized city. You can get in the car and go anywhere in like at uh, at the most thirty minutes. Um, it's a nice place. Cost of living is real cheap. It went up a little bit over the years, but it's still real cheap. You can get you a nice little nice little two bedroom um uh condo for like seven eight hundred dollars a Damn. month. <laughs> yeah, cost of living real cheap out here. That's the best thing about this place. But what's the job market like, though? Uh, job market is pretty decent. They just opened up this IT building downtown Augusta. Opened up a lot of jobs out there. Uh, this is a, a a factory town, so you know it's a lot of factory work out here. Or whatever, a lot of call centers. Also, it's one of those type towns. Cause see, it's it's the cost of living here is high, but it's the 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 it's so many opportunities here. Yeah, like because people always like, oh, you live. How do y'all live here? It, it's too much. It's like it's money here. Like <laughs> that's what that's how you live here because it's money and opportunities. Like we we this area is powered by the federal government. So you got federal government workers, and you got federal government contract workers. Then you got like um, IT. It's it's just so many opportunities here so that like people talk but they they're still building here like every time you ride up the street they're throwing up new houses so clearly it's not it's not deterring people from moving here <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's wild but you don't know so if you all you you know you get a chance to interview people on your podcast if you could interview one person on your podcast who would it be and why Man, anybody in the world? Anybody. Um, man, it'll, it'll probably be a real close battle between uh Mike Tyson, Allen Iverson, and Michael Vick. Wow, why those three? 
man, because those was like my heroes growing up. Like they was the reason why I pretty much did everything I did uh, outside of rappers and stuff. Because of course, like rappers came around like Jay-Z and 50 Cent and Nelly and stuff. And, you know, when you were a little kid, you copied them or even Bow Wow. A lot of guys don't like to admit that they looked up to Bow Wow when they was young. But, you know, I grew up in that era. So, but outside of that, those type people were like grown. Like the people that I named were kind of, you know, young. Those type people were grown and, and they got into fame uh, real young. And uh, eventually they went through their problems. So that's the type of people I like to sit down and talk to and like, you know, just figure out, you know, uh, what kind of things they went through, what got them over the hump and how did they battle dealing with, PC America, because that's one thing I hate someone that's just politically correct. And that's what I love about the Dave, the Dave Chappelle special. Like, I hate all that PC stuff. Like, everyone always asks me um, what I think about Charlemagne the God. I say the same thing every time. I'm like, I used to like Charlemagne the God. Now I can't stand even hearing his voice because I hate someone <laughs> that's super PC and always trying to show that, show that he's for women. And it's like, man, look, we aren't we supposed to treat everybody equal? <laughs> yeah. With yeah. that being I mean, said, don't make statements saying Meg the Stallion is the best rapper. You know she's not the best rapper. <laughs> Stop it. She <laughs> said that. Yeah, they say it all the time. They always try to say we're supposed to put Rhapsody up there with Kendrick and Cole and how Meg would wash any of these rappers nowadays. It's like, no, they won't. Stop it. Stop just saying that just because they're women and and you want to seem like you're for women because you had issues in your past with women. Him and Joe Budden, they both had issues in their past with women. So now it's like they try to overcompensate by by you know being being pro woman. <laughs> it's weird. Wow, well, I never. So I okay. So I'll be honest. I've heard a couple of her songs because I got Apple Music. So hey, why not listen? But. I didn't hear anything that will move me to think she belongs anywhere in the discussion. Of Which one? You talking anything. about Meg The Stallion? Meg The Stallion. No. Yeah, that's not even close. Rhapsody just put an album out on Friday and it was amazing. Oh yeah, I meant to tell you too. My my style of podcast is real unorthodox. I'll be all over the place. So you, uh, I know this your show. You got to keep me on track. <laughs> oh no, look. Let me tell you something, man. When anybody take the time to sit down and do this with me because we don't we not getting paid we just both trying to further each other passion so whatever on your mind man like if you just jump in and say something i could adjust because both of us pretty much the same we love to talk (laughs) yeah we can't adjust but man as far as as far as those three people i named man i feel like all three of them went through something in america in america just 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 try to punish them to the fullest to the fullest over over something if someone else would have got it um they just would have washed their hands of it and moved on like there's no reason why mike vick should have been taken away from us for two years uh because of some dog fighting and you have people getting out of getting out of prison for for killing babies that just does not make sense to me and alan iverson was a was a juvenile and, and they were trying to sentence him to prison for a fight at a bowling alley and Mike Tyson yeah. did all these years for uh for rape and all this other stuff. It's like, man, the system is just crazy. I want to talk to them about that. So I okay, because so I'm a little older. So I remember the Mike Tyson, the Mike Tyson thing. I don't really want to comment on that one because I don't know. Like Mike was dude. Mike was wild. <laughs> like, yeah, Mike was. You, 
you went, see, you was young, but man, Mike was out of control while. So I can't really, but see, I can't really put that past Mike, man. That's the reason why he's the perfect person to interview now because it's like he's changed so much, and you can tell that this weed has changed him so much. I feel like someone like me would be the person to get him to tap into that because I listened to him on Joe Rogan podcast. And, you know, Joe Rogan just had him in this weird little DMT state. Like, like he just was chilling and talking about the earth and stuff. It's like, nah, uh, you need somebody he can relate to to get all of that out of him. <laughs> you know what? I listened to it. I was going to ask you, did you listen to it? Because I listened to it, too. But I, you know what? I actually like I like Mike like that because he was more introspective. And even when he talked about, uh, when he talked about, like, not even wanting to train because he just don't even want to bring that up, like bring that that piece of him up no more. Like yeah. I, I actually actually like that interview, like because again I grew up with Mike, so man I seen enough of the old Mike. Like <laughs> <laughs> like see you watch you watching clips like we was living that shit real time and that dude was wild man like he was wild but. It's crazy when he talks about all the stuff, but I didn't know like all the stuff he was going through. That that I didn't know. Just listening to it, I'm like, damn, like he was going through a lot. Now, yeah. Vic, Vic, I I will say this: I I'm shocked at how much he has uh, been able to rehabilitate his career. Like I never saw this coming. I thought he was done. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, America loves a, a a comeback story. Not from us too much, though. <laughs> nah, really. Like they'll use someone as like a poster child. Like they just love a comeback story. He literally just came in at a time where I don't know if you noticed, but they was they was uh, a a lot of people that that was in sports broadcasting was retiring, and they was filling those spots in with former athletes. He just came. He just retired at the perfect time. Cause that's what they're doing yeah. now. They're trying to shy away from uh from people that that's never been that's never been in the game and replace them with with former athletes. And I think that's amazing because it's kind of like you know people at at AA meetings or you know rehabilitation centers. You never see someone in there that's like you know working the grounds. That's like a doctor and stuff. No, you only see people that's like former addicts because that's who an addict is going to be able to relate with. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I- It doesn't change my feelings, but I do see your point because, again, you talk, man, look, we talking about dogs, bro. America loves dogs. Hey, I say say it all the time. America loves dogs more than they love black people. Yes. Yes. So that's why I'm saying, like, like, bro, listen, I wouldn't be shocked if he killed one of us and been able to rehabilitate himself like this. But the fact that he killed so many, like he killed dogs, and then like, see again, you probably like in '98. How was you? Uh, eight. So, so do you like remember? Like, do you remember when it first happened? What uh, the Vic the thing? Dog is, yeah. Oh yeah, you know I'm a Falcons fan, so of course I've been watching okay. sports since I was a little kid. Me too. But it was just like he had this arrogance about him, like. Yeah, and I think but, that's what did him in too. 
I mean, that's my type people though. Like, okay, like, okay, the last one is Allen Iverson. Like these, these are my type people because I remember when I was in when I was in eighth grade, I had moved from Germany to the town I actually live in now. And I wasn't gonna try out for basketball because the school systems were totally different. Like I had been making straight A's all my life, and I got here and I made my first C in like science because their school system was just crazy. So I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna play basketball. And I ended up um, going to uh, gym class, and I was playing ball. And, and the uh, the uh, gym, I mean, the uh, the basketball coach was in there, and he was like, "Man, I really need you on the team. I feel like we can go far with you, or whatever." So I was like, "All right." So I went to tryouts. Of course, I made the first cut. So second cut, I'm just chilling. Like, well, I know I'm already on the team, so I ain't worried about it. Well, he ended up cutting me. I was crying like a little girl, and um, he was my art teacher too. So I'm in an art class. I'm heated. I'm not saying nothing to him. I'm just mad. And um, like after class, he like uh he was like, "Hey, you'll stay after class with me." And I was like, "Yeah, man." He told me straight up. He was like, "Man," he was like, "You know, I really, I, I really wanted to work with you, but I just feel like you're uncoachable and you don't have the image that we're looking for with our team. You're just a little too flashy and you know stuff like that." Basically, he told me every word, saying like, "You're black." And that's what I like about Allen Iverson because Allen Iverson brought that spunk to the NBA. Like players wasn't dressing like that, you know. They were still wearing suits and and Tim Duncan outfits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he definitely changed it up. He definitely he he changed it. Like I I was a big AI fan because I'm from I'm from the DMV, so he was yeah. you know he played at Georgetown, so. I was a fan because of that. Then when he went to Philly, eh, you know, I'm, I still like him, but Philly is kind of like our, I'm not going to say, well, Wizards really not, wasn't that good. So you can't really have a rival if you're not that good, but <laughs> we just naturally <laughs> don't like Philly teams. So yeah, I, I kind of liked him, but he played with the Sixers, so I couldn't really rock with him. But I always respected him because he had like, what he did for this area, like Georgetown, like Georgetown, so Georgetown basketball used to be like a powerhouse, right? I don't know if you knew that, but Georgetown basketball used to be a powerhouse. Yeah, I remember and that. Then, okay, so then, but they fell off like bad. And like they had, they used to have Ewan and Morning and Tumbo, all these players back in the day. And then they, things happened and they, they fell off. So Allen Iverson, like, re-energized the whole program. So, it, it, like, that's why we love him, because he, he brought Georgetown basketball back. So you had to love him, if nothing else, just for that, like, no matter where he went. So, but I'm going to close it on this. When it's all said and done, how do you want, how do you want to be remembered? Man, I just want to be remembered for being myself and never letting anybody change who I am. Man, I think that's <laughs> I think that says it all. <laughs> and look, man, I, I I I know I said it in the beginning, but I want to say it again, man. Thank you for um, taking the time to do this because I really appreciate it. Oh, no, no, no. I thank you for having me because I really appreciate what you have going on. I feel like you give the best interviews out of out of most people that I know because my interview uh, skills could do a little work. So I definitely uh, appreciate yours. <laughs> hey, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Oh, let me, you got to tell the people how to follow you, listen to your show. 
Oh, yeah. You can uh, listen to my show on all podcasts and apps, Sit Downs with Slim. Uh, make sure you go to the YouTube channel. I'm putting all my episodes on YouTube, Sit Downs with Slim. Make sure you subscribe. I need all the subscribers I can. There's some real interesting content on there from podcasts to videos to vlogs. I pretty much do it all on there. And uh, I want to say before I hang up, because I want to, I'm going to put this out in the atmosphere. I'm going to make sure I come to Augusta. Wherever we gotta meet, I'm I'm saying Augusta because that's your home, that's your home. So I think it's gonna be Augusta, but I'm making it a point to make sure I get so we get together. You did my show, I'm gonna make sure even if I gotta get on the plane, whatever I gotta do, I want to be on your show too. For sure. <laughs> so we're in on that, and uh, I appreciate everybody listening. Thank you all, and have a good day. We out.